Matthew chapter 6. And I know you, like myself, you have all kind of books on the Lord's Prayer. But there's something I want to show you tonight. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray, he said, Lord, teach us how to pray. He says, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. And we studied verse 5 the other day. Let's jump on to, uh, down to verse 9. In this manner, therefore, pray. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm going to pray to teach you how to pray. I'll pray to teach you how to pray. And he says, pray in this manner. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And you know... We have all the books and all the studies and preached it a number of times of how to use this as a model prayer. But there's something that we studied uh, about two or three weeks ago. In the verses before that, Jesus was teaching and warning us about getting into repetition. And since we've been studying this, everything I've taught so far in this discipleship class, this is what Jesus taught. It was the Sermon on the Mountain was discipleship. And everything I've taught so far from chapter five and in chapter six, it always goes back to it's not just what you say, but it's what's in the heart. It always goes back. It's not committing adultery. It's thinking about adultery. It's not stealing. It's thinking about stealing. It's not murdering. If you just hate somebody, it's his murder. And everything we've studied so far has been about the condition of the heart. And when I started studying this, uh, according to the Greek and, and some other things that I've been studying, it's amazing that this is not a prayer to make as a routine or to always do it the same way. It's also Jesus teaching us about the attitude of prayer. And it's amazing. You can look in James chapter 5, verse 16. It says the Amplified Bible, The heartfelt prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. The heartfelt prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. And there's something I want you to get a hold of tonight as we get ready because we've taught our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we've taught to pray the names of God, Jehovah Jireh, and so forth and so on. But when you started studying this in the Greek, Jesus, his heart attitude came out about this. And I, and, and I read about an old timer who one day he was praying and he was praying. He says, my Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And he stopped and he looked at his wife and he says, honey, I realized something. He says, I've got to stop right now. I got down to pray about me, not to have my thoughts towards God. And right there, that is what God was, Jesus was saying in a nutshell. How many times we start praying and we say, my father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I think that you're my provider, you're my peace and you're my protector. And that's not what Jesus was saying. He was saying... When it's time to pray, all my thoughts is about you. And we were singing that song tonight about, uh, about not our life and uh, give our life over to Him. And this is the thing that, that, that I was thinking about here. If we want God's kingdom to come, our kingdom has to go. And this is the attitude that Jesus was having here. When I get down to pray and I get down to talk to my Father, when I realize this is the awesome God of the universe, when I get down to pray... I've got to get to my point where I'm praying and my heart is going towards Him, not towards my needs. 
I want to get into the very throne in the presence of God. I want to get God rubbed off on me. So before I get into before I get into my daily needs, I just Lord, all my prayer right now is about you. All my thoughts is towards you. All my heart is towards you. And in this devotion, this man, he was a preacher in Rhode Island in the revolutionary time. And he got to that, then he got that fixed and he started praying. And when he got to the point about uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, he says, I've been praying for my kingdom be established, God. I'm worried about my welfare. I'm worried about my job. And Lord, I'm not really meaning your kingdom come. Because if your kingdom comes, that means I have to stay on the cross and stay crucified. Then when he got that right, he got back on knees and he started praying. And then he got to the point, uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. And he says, oh, my God, I I can't pray no more. He said, honey, I'm a hypocrite. He says, I can't pray this until I fix my relationship with my sister. My sister and I have been fighting for a while. How can I ask God to forgive me my sins until I go to my sister and get it right with her? And you know what? It's amazing that in this attitude of our Father, God Almighty, hallowed be your name. You are set apart. You are alone. No one compares to you. As I get into the presence of God, and I'm, I'm totally, Lord, it's all about you right now. You are awesome and you're magnificent. I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about you. And you want to hear me talk about you. You want to hear me thank you and praise you. And as we get into that attitude of a praise and worship, it's amazing how we'll start forgetting ourselves. And we start reestablishing the connection with the kingdom of God. We disconnect with the kingdom and the kingdom is the power and the glory. And we disconnect with the kingdom of God. We disconnect with God because we get on our knees and we start with, Father, I need you to heal me. Father, I come before you and I need you to meet my needs. And he's saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this all going to be about you again? Lord, I need you to give me your peace. I need you to give me your joy. God, I need you to save my children. He says, is this how you enter into my throne room? Like I'm just a visa card. Or do you want to come in my throne room and do you want to make this about me? Because it is about me. Do you want to please me? Or do do you want me just to please you? And so this whole discipleship thing, it all goes back, even prayer. What is the attitude of the heartfelt prayer of a righteous man? And I thought, oh, how many times have I prayed? Father, I come before you. I need wisdom. Where if I worship him. Wisdom will come. As I praise Him, healing will come. And so He's talking here about, hallowed be His name. I worship you. I just call you Romans 8.15, Abba, Father. I'm proclaiming that God is my Father, Jesus is my Savior, and the Holy Spirit is within me. And something interesting here, when He says, uh, Our Father which art in heaven, in the Greek, if you're taking notes, it's, it's plural, or triple, is the word heavens for the three heavens. My Father, which art in the heavens. And the heavens is the first heaven is the atmosphere, the air we breathe, where we live. The second heaven is the demonic realm, where the principalities and powers are. 
And then the third heaven is where God Almighty is, where the awesomeness of God is. And Jesus is praying, you are my father and you rule in the three heavens. And when you get into that area, whatever's on earth, whatever's in the second heaven and whatever's in the third heaven, it's taken care of by God. And that is an awesome realization and revelation to get a hold of that God's dwelling place is transcendent. It's holy and it's powerful. I want you to save your place here, but look with me at a revelation here in First Timothy that Paul had and was given to Timothy in First Timothy chapter six. Last night in intercession, we were praying uh, about uh, Pinecrest and, and Central. And, and, and also then we got into praying about the VA. I was at the VA for a few hours yesterday visiting. And uh, just praying over the second airwave of, of how they're, where they're located. About the depression and hopelessness and different things that try to feed the air over our city. And thank God our sister prayed last night that we will not be known as a city for crazy people. So look at your and say, you do not have to move away. <laughs> Listen to this. This is the King James Bible. Listen to this. First Timothy six fourteen through 16. This is the latter part of verse 15. Listen how awesome this is. He who is blessed and only potent, the King of kings, Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, who no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. Whoo! You ought to just get some different translations. I don't have time to do it with you. But I love the message that says, Blessed, the undisputed ruler, and high king, and high God, He alone that death cannot touch. His light is so bright no one can get close. He's never been seen seen by human eyes. And human eyes cannot take him in. Honor to him and eternal rule. Oh yes. Do you realize the depth of the revelation that when you start getting to seeing the, 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 like I shared a few Sundays ago, when you get to see our God and you get to know God, they that know their God shall be strong. I mean, when you get to know God and, and you start praying and you start transcending, when you start praying, you start, you start going in the spirit realm, you get out of this first atmosphere. And you bust through the second atmosphere. And then you get into the Holy of Holies, the transcendent, glorious presence of God Almighty. And you're there seated in heavenly places in the third heavens, above the second and the first heavens. And the enemies have been made your your footstool. And you're able to come against and have dominion over principalities and powers and rulers in this darkness world. Because not because we are great in ourselves, but because we have transcended and we have got into the spirit realm. And we have got into worship and praise and prayer that we... We have left ourselves aside and just totally got into the awesomeness, got lost in the space and the universe of God, and we're there ruling and reigning with Him as kings and priests to the only true Lord of Lords and King of Kings. I mean, it's just, just kidding. It's so the unapproachable life is called the reverence and the awesomeness of God. And this is what Jesus was using here. Hallowed be thy name. And the word hallowed means to treat a person or a thing as holy, to be different or separate. 
To come into reverence and respect because you're so completely and you're so unique and you're so special. And, and, and uh, he was just teaching the disciples not only how to pray, but the heart behind the prayer. And I believe that's where our lives start changing. When we get the prayer right, but we get the heart behind the prayer even righter, if that's correct English. If I could get my heart right, my prayer is going to be right. And the heartfelt prayer of a righteous man, it shall be heard and it shall be answered by God. Isn't this powerful, saints? This is powerful. This is powerful. I came to you in reverence and respect because you are so completely unique and special from all else. That's one of the definitions in the Greek. Jesus said this, and you just write this down and I'll read it in John twelve twenty eight. And this is how Jesus addressed his father. Listen to what he said. Father... Glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Isn't that powerful? The message translation says, Father, put your glory on display. And in James chapter 5, when it was talking about the heartfelt prayer of a righteous man avails much, it was talking about the prophet Elijah. Even though he was a man subject to passions and weaknesses as we are, but he had a heartfelt prayer that he got on his knees and he prayed. And when it had not rained in three and a half years, he got on his knees and he kept praying and kept praying. And it brought healing and it brought rain upon that earth. And so I believe that's what the Lord has shown us. That when we get into that place where God is so unique, He is so special, I, 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 I cannot, I'm not going into your presence as I go. Go into other presence. You are a part. You stand alone. And it's just an awe to come into your presence. I believe that this is what Jesus is saying. And he's saying, your kingdom come. Say that with me. Your kingdom come. Now, according to the Hebrews, I want you to look with me a few things. This comes from three Old Testament scriptures. Look with me in Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. Like I said, I have many, many books on this and they're all good and they're all biblical. But, but they, they haven't given this information as when you study this sometimes in the Greek and, 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 and lexicon and other things. And they give these scriptures that Jesus was praying these scriptures. So I want to give you these scriptures because when you pray, thy kingdom come, now you're going to have scriptures that is more specific about what you're believing God for. And in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, look what it says. It says, out of the root or the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root is talking about Jesus and the kingdom. Verse 2. And the Spirit of the Lord, there's part of the kingdom right there, will rest on Him. The Spirit of wisdom, there's part of the kingdom right there. And understanding. The Spirit of counsel and might. The Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor based on decision, based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of His word, and one breath from His mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteous like a belt and truth like an undergarment. And that day the wolf and the lamb will live together, and the leopard will lie down with the baby goat, and the calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion, and the little child will lead them all. All of this is part of that prayer about praying the kingdom of God in. Look at Isaiah 42. This is the next one. Isaiah 42, verse 1. I just want to encourage you, as you know, these are just quick studies. You, when you get back home or when you get a chance, go back and study over these and do references and, and just dig into these because this is what Jesus was talking about when He prayed this prayer. In Isaiah chapter 42, verse 1, it says, 
Look at my servant whom I strengthen. He is my chosen one who pleases me. I have put my spirit upon him. There it is again about the spirit of God upon him. He will bring justice. There it is about justice to the nations. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out the flickering candle. He will bring justice to all who have been wronged. He will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails throughout the earth. Even distant lands beyond the sea will, will wait for his instruction. How many of you know that is us? We're beyond this distant sea. And it goes on to say... God, the Lord, created heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath to everyone and life to everyone who walks the earth. And it is He who says, I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand and guard you. I will give you to my people Israel as a symbol of my covenant with them. And you will be a light to guide the nations. And you will open the eyes of the blind. And you will free the captains from darkness and the releasing of those who sit in dark dungeons. Aren't you faithful for the kingdom of God? One of the things we prayed for last night and we had the prayers of those who wrote down about their fears. And there were so many things that I've kept because they're special and we're going to be ministering along their ways. But, of course, there were so many things. But one of the things that got to me the very beginning when we started praying last night was a prayer request. My fear is that my child or my loved one will not be born again. I will not see them born again and they will, they will die without Christ. And so as we were praying, one of the things the Lord had me pray last night when we started about coming against that deaf spirit, just like that epileptic boy who would fall into the fire, that deaf spirit causes their ears to be closed to what is reasonable. What is sound wisdom? What is sound judgment? What is justice? That deaf spirit, the blinders of the God of this world has blinded their eyes. But that deaf spirit also tries to stop their ears to where a Christian song or a preaching or going to church or are you telling them something from the Lord? They can't reason it and they can't receive it in their heart. But in the name of Jesus, it shows that we can decree the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God represents salvation and revival. Hallelujah. And when we decree the kingdom of God for the blind, for the lame, for the lost, whatever condition they may be in, Jesus is pointing back to these scriptures that the Spirit of the Lord is coming and it's going to be manifested so the glory of God will be seen. And it doesn't matter how deaf they are or how blind they are, we got the Spirit of God who is able to come in the Spirit of wisdom, counsel, instruction, and power of the Most High God who is able to penetrate, to open those ears, open the heart, and allow that good seed of the Word of God to fall upon good ground at the right time. And just like so many ministers that you've heard before, getting saved in the bathroom, getting saved in a bar, getting saved while they're drinking or while they're driving home drunk and the Holy Spirit will come in that car or come into that bathroom and right there in that place, there ain't no Billy Graham there at the moment, but there's a Holy Ghost right there at the moment. And when you least expect it, when you least expect it, come on, we're not talking about moving things because of our prayer. We're talking about moving things because of the one we believe in and the one we trust in. And coming against that foul, deaf and dumb spirit that has been taking hold of the ears and the eyes and the heart of our loved ones to be broken by the power of Jesus' name. I can't preach that. Daniel chapter 7. i got five minutes. Woo! Hallelujah! Daniel chapter 7. Thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the power. Hallelujah! If you got some lost loved ones, go ahead and start praising God. Yeah! We praise you for their salvation. We praise you for the kingdom of God coming into their hearts and their lives in Jesus' name.
praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Oh. 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 No matter how hopeless that little boy seemed when he would fall into the fire, he wasn't hopeless to Jesus. Okay. Daniel 7, verse 13. This was the third scripture. I was watching in the night visions. And behold, he's getting ready to see what Nebuchadnezzar saw. One, like the Son of Man. Capital S and capital M and capital O. He came, and he's here, saints, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Look at verse 14. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. Isn't it like Jesus said? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. You see, Jesus says, I am the one, the Son of Man, from the ancients of days. I was brought up with Him and before Him I was there. And he created the universe. Oh, man. Uh, I, 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 uh. <laughs> and it says, His dominion is an everlasting dominion. Do you hear that, devil? His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And His kingdom, the one, His kingdom, the one, His kingdom, the one, which shall not be destroyed. Woo! Hallelujah! Oh! Now that's the kingdom of God. But do you realize all these prophecies coming forth in Daniel? He sees these things and the prophets before sees these things. And can you imagine? Jesus, for 4,000 years, was there by the Father. Just waiting for the time of fulfillment. I'm the ancient one. I'm the Son of Man. I'm the Son of God. I'm the one they're speaking out. And when the Holy Ghost spoke this to Daniel, and when He spoke to Isaiah, and He spoke about the kingdom, and He spoke about the dominion, and they're thinking about somebody's going to come sit on Herod as His throne, and somebody's going to come do this and that. But Jesus said, I can't wait till you let me in on that earth to where I can start walking around. And you know what my message is going to be about? He went about preaching... And teaching the kingdom of God. He went about preaching the kingdom and the dominion and the power and the glory of God that shall never have an end. So I want you to know, you and I, the kingdom of God is in our hearts. We have the kingdom of God in our hearts. So it don't matter what's happening on the outside. There is something on the inside that is eternal as the one who lives inside of us. For Jesus and His kingdom is inside of you. That it may be manifested wherever you are, whenever you need it, whenever it needs to be manifested. That kingdom, that dominion, that power, that glory forever and ever. Amen. Oh my. Mm. Mm. Woo! Oh! Ha! Woo! He couldn't wait. He couldn't wait to preach about the kingdom. I'm so glad you're excited about this. Because if he was excited, 
He didn't care about the death part. He wasn't worried about the death part. He was so excited about preaching the kingdom part. Because the kingdom will raise the dead back again. It is an everlasting kingdom. And if that was his excitement, it ought to be our excitement. So let them Islamic people come with their turbans on their head. I got a kingdom on the inside. And I, I'll preach something Sunday. I'll wait. I'm supposed to preach this tonight. I was getting ready to go. Daniel 7:27. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Oh, hallelujah! For the kingdom of God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To live and fulfill His will. You can write down Romans 12, 1 through 2. As living sacrifices to God. Lord, I offer my body as a vehicle, as, as a container for you to, to have. So I believe, you know, we've been going through this year, the January. I told you the Lord said, I'm bringing a maturity to this body. And I believe that the maturity He has brought and He's continued to bring and, and things that we don't even know He's done and He's already done in our hearts and our lives. I believe He's bringing us to a point to where we are more of a sacrifice so that now there will be more glory. The sacrifice has risen to a higher level so the glory is going to rise to a whole new level. That's what I'm believing God for so that we can allow His will to be done. Because so many times we don't really pray that seriously. We don't mean it seriously. Lord, after we've read serious about hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will. We get excited about the kingdom part. But now we come to part, thy will be done. He says, oh, my will? How about the other day when I told you to give $25 towards the building fund? How about when I, told, I was telling you they're crying for help in the missionettes and the Royal Rangers and they're asking for ushers and greeters and... They're saying there's going to be a tremendous service Sunday night. And you said, oh, I don't feel like going. Didn't you pray, thy will be done? You're excited about my kingdom. Now let's talk about my will. Is this going to be a heartfelt prayer? Or are you just playing with me? Am I not the hollowed, set apart one? Didn't you say, hollowed be thy name? And then the kingdom was great. But now let's talk about my will. Because what I've been seeing is your will oversees my will. Your feeling oversees my feeling. And your energy, I'm too tired, oversees my energy. You ain't shouting. Thy will be done. Okay, I want you to go to that person there in the store, and I want you to tell them about me. Lord, oh, I can't do that. Tell, let me do anything but that. Okay, I'm telling you. Go to that person in the store. I don't know them. I don't care. The ones you don't know are the easiest to witness to. And then you can change places to shop. Now, during the high gas prices, they, people, I, I'm telling you on a personal basis, people were too receptive to the gospel. When gas was four or something a while back, they were too mad. But I tell you what, when God speaks to you, go there. Do that. Speak to that one. My will be done? Are you really serious about that? You heard the man talk at Sunday night. 17% of the church is tithing. And those who tithe give 3%. In other words, I'm tipping you, hollowed one. 
Hallowed be thy name. Here's three dollars. Hallowed be thy name. Sunday morning. See you next Sunday. Anyway. Back in 1856, a French reformer evangelist was dying and on his deathbed, the people came around and he cried. These was his last words and they wrote it down. He says, all Christ by the Holy Spirit for the glory of God, all else is nothing. And he went on to glory. That's the way I want to go to glory. Hallelujah. Then he goes on. Let me hurry here. Uh, He talks about give us this day our daily bread. This is interesting. You're going to love this. Write this down. It is hard Greek to explain, but they finally explained it. And it's the words used for a lady's shopping list. You know, we don't have this. We don't have the custom here in America that but they do in South America where we lived in Argentina. You'd go shopping every day for what you're going to eat on that day because most people don't have a refrigerator. And a lot of times we didn't have a freezer. So you go buy meat that day that you're going to have for supper. You buy that day for that day. You don't buy like now. Everybody goes to Sam's and buys for the whole month. That's awesome. But in third world countries, you don't do that. You buy for you make your list for the day and you buy for that day. Well, that, this is what it's saying. You make your shopping list for God that day. That's what it means. Give us this day our daily bread. What you need as far as provision goes, you, you give it to God that day. Lord, this is what I need for today. This is what I need for today. Remember, he already said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Lord, this is what I need for today. So anyway, that's a little lamb yacht right there. Amen. And then he goes on to talk about uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. How do you know this world is defiled and wherever you go? But you're, a lot of times you're going to run into temptation. Am I the only one who runs into temptation? And I bet you're already judging. What is he doing? Well, it's God to know and not you find out. But this is a defiled world. And everywhere we go, everything we look at, not meaning, there's stuff all over. So, Lord, I'm walking, I'm leaving my house in a defiled world where Satan is the God of this world. And the glory of his nation is here on this earth. Lead me not into temptation. Lord, keep me in the armor of your might that I don't yield to the temptation to fall, to yield at the thing that comes before me. And so that's what he's praying there. Lord, our daily fight to fight our foes. How many know the foes? The world, the flesh, and the devil. Not just the devil, but the world. And this flesh that's not totally crucified yet. And let me, let me f- try to finish here. And then, uh, of course, 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond. There's boundaries what you're able. But with the temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Look at you and say, I thank God we are able to bear it. Amen. Hallelujah. For yours is the kingdom. Hallelujah. The kingdom is in our hearts. The power is in our lives. And the glory is expressed in our character. And I want to finish with this part. And this will be it. Uh, for thine is the kingdom and the power. But you think that's it. But Jesus said, Amen. And that word, Amen, is also translated the name Jesus. And when he says, when you're praying and you say, Amen, He says in the book of Revelation, I am the Amen. 
So what happens is when you pray like this prayer, heartfelt before God, at the end and you say amen, you're saying endorsed by my Savior and the blood of Jesus Christ. Devil, all this prayer is endorsed and is finished with the signature. King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Messiah. Signed, Jesus. Now, how can prayer not be answered when it's got the signature? Do you see how crazy these people are who go get these... Legends to, to sign their backs and their chest and their necks and their T-shirts. You see these people get crazy when they find some rock and roll or country or a political person to sign. And they sign their names and all that. And they keep it. And, and if they sign their hand, they say they'll never wash their hand and photocopy their hand. And people get all excited because they get a signature of someone who's going to die. And you and I just got into the presence of God and Jesus writes this signature. Jesus. Sickness, do you know that name? Sickness. Jesus says, sickness, that boy is mine. He has cried out in my name. He has prayed with the right heart. He has prayed with the right spirit. He's praying for my kingdom. My kingdom is in him. Sickness, this is Jesus. Get out of his body. Depression. Uh, discouragement. Poverty. Whatever it may be. The same Jesus that walked in Galilee is the same Jesus signature at the end of every one of our prayers. Now that's powerful. That's powerful. It speaks in 314. He says, I am the amen, but it's his signature endorsement that our prayer is an offering that is acceptable. Hallelujah. Ten minutes over. But I tell you what, the ten minutes were great. I enjoyed it myself. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, how many prayers going to be different tonight? How many of you promised me not to go home and pray now I lay me down to sleep? How many night when you get on your knees, you're not going to say, Father, I need you to comfort me. How many are going to get down tonight and you might just get lost and you might not get past? I praise you and I worship you and I stand in awe of you. You see, that is how David was able to run after the giant. Because he had spent so much time dancing and singing and playing in his presence that he wasn't worried about praying. He didn't pray. You notice he didn't pray for God to be with him and go against the giant. He, he, didn't pray. he didn't even pray for the rock to hit its mark. All he did, he got lost in just magnifying God, magnifying God, magnifying God, magnifying God, meditating on his covenant. He never prayed about the giant. Never prayed about his slingshot. He just magnified God. And I think that if we could just go there first and stay there, then Jesus puts his signature. You've got the Alpha and you've got the Omega. I don't think we'll have any needs. Father, we glorify you tonight. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for sealing this word in our hearts and our spirits. Thank you for the revelation of your word, the purity, the purity. And the death of your living water. Thank you for a revelation that we can talk and commune with you, Father. And we can walk as Adam once walked. Because we are now in the new Adam. 
who walked before you continually. Glorify yourself again and again. Bless your people as they go. Thank you for revival, salvation. Thy kingdom come to word of grace. Your kingdom come to every member and every person of this church. The kingdom come to our children. Your kingdom come to our nation. Your kingdom come to our world. To you be the glory, for thine is the glory, the kingdom, power, and the kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Woo! Hug and neck. Tell somebody you love them. If you need prayer, we're going to be here tonight. We'll all pray for you. We love you. See you Sunday morning, 1030. God bless you. Amen and amen.